Hello, everybody. Live from our fantastic home at SoFi Stadium in fabulous Inglewood, California, it's The Ozone. Hosted by myself, Omar Miller, and my brother, Terry Miller, also known as The Icons. What it is, brother? You tell me. Nah, you got it, Slade. No, nah, if I had yours, I would throw mine in. No, nah, if I had yours, I'd pull mine off. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, a little jive humor for y'all turkeys back <laughs> from the 70s. <laughs> from the 70s. Got a lot to cover today. We have a fantastic guest today. A rising phenom, a superstar in the making, young Shakur Stevenson. I'm very, very excited to have the young man on the show and welcome him into the Ozone. Something tells me he's very opinionated based on what I've seen him say right. in public. He doesn't seem to hold his tongue. I like that. He's not PC. I, I Too much PC that. going around, and that's I, it, not personal computer. And it is not <laughs> Windows Vista. <laughs> uh, uh, you went to Vista. <laughs> you might as well went to 98. Okay. <laughs> so, right off the top, we got a lot, we got that to cover Try to tell y'all about the Nets, folks. Told y'all. I told you, child. You act like you didn't want to believe me and Chris. No, I believed you. I'm just asking because everybody picked the Nets for some reason. I never thought they, that they were up to code. Never. <laughs> yes, you did. No. Not for one minute. Not for one minute. Wow. Well, we're going to I don't. Wait. First, I don't believe in James Harden like that. They never had a... Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let's 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 speak on it with the kid just in okay. case. Because the, the young kid. Man, I think that... The, I think that you the might want to dip his toe in it. Yeah, because he's from Jersey. And, you know, I don't know if he followed them when they moved, yes or no. Right. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see how he feels about it. Uh, we had a huge heavyweight fight this weekend with two giant men. Huge. And one yeah. got put to sleep. Huge. Which was not the one that Terry predicted would do the sleep pudding. Right. I Which is to... unfortunate. What can you do? Nobody sometimes you get it wrong. You know sometimes what I'm saying? You get it wrong. But you know who's gotten it right, and we're going to start here, is Miguel Cabrera. He's taken the mantle as El Caballo. Miguel Cabrera has gotten to 3,000 hits. He's one of only three players to have a 300 batting average, 3,000 hits. Matter of fact, I want to read this properly. Your boy Luis sent this to me last night. He was just blown away. Oh, really? Yep. That's his man. It is. Only three players in Major League Baseball history have 500 homers, 3,000 hits, and a 300-plus career batting average. Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, and Miguel Cabrera. Wow. That's <laughs> saying talking a lot. about some serious company. The only thing that he doesn't have with them is, are the burners. That's it. And he wasn't slow when he was young. No. No, he's just a big dude. Yeah. yeah. He is they thought dude. that Abasil Garcia was going to be like him. They really did. He'd say he modeled his game after him while right. he was there. He kind of uh, took know, him under his wing. Yeah. yeah. But it didn't end up working out. Yeah, but it worked way. out for Miguel because Miguel is banging. And he got the proper knock the other way. Always on, a man. beautiful That's knock. That's a professional hitting. Professional. Come on, man. Professional work. That's it. And we're looking at the power rankings in Major League Baseball right now. And we're looking at a situation where they're saying it's coastal elitism going on. I think that Tucker Carlson would right be now. upset. <laughs> Isn't he always upset? <laughs> I'm all like. <sighs> but with that, uh, what do you think? You got the Dodgers. I actually Do- think the Dodgers are actually looking good because Cody Bellinger's hitting the ball the other way. Right. And not only that, Trevor Bauer looks like he's probably on his way back. Does. Now, what do you think that does for the for the clubhouse? Because well, it shouldn't have anything to do with the clubhouse since he's been found innocent. I might not agree or whatever, but whoever doesn't agree with it in the court of law, he's been found innocent. So in the clubhouse, it shouldn't have anything to do with him having rough sex with anybody because that's none of their business unless he's having rough sex with them. <laughs> in the clubhouse. In the clubhouse. During the game. In between innings. <laughs> Trevor, dude, you're on the bump. I know. <laughs> 
I don't know. I mean, the, the situation, I think, is a chemistry issue. I think it hurt the Dodgers last year. Obviously, it hurt them with him not pitching. Right. And they tried to, to fill the gap with Max Scherzer, which they did to a certain degree, but there's a chemistry factor, so on and so forth. Um, but this year, the Dodgers look pretty good, I have to say. They're, they're definitely, and they're in such an easy division. And they slap the Padres around like it's going out of style. The Padres, which is the Padres should take this personally. They should. They should. It's not even. It's just I don't even know what to compare because it to. They're not that much worse than the Dodgers. No. Well, obviously the, they obviously are because they the record are. the record says that they are. Yeah. Because every, and every time they meet them head to head, what did they have one game out of the last nine or something crazy? One game out of the last eleven. Come on, man. They that's, won that one on Saturday, and they Kershaw shut them down on Sunday. That's terrible. And it wasn't even a good Kershaw, really. It wasn't a great Kershaw. No. Just serviceable. Yeah, he was. He didn't have it. It didn't look like he had it, so he was working on, you know, other stuff. Other stuff. But they jumped on Shamanaya, so they didn't have a problem. He could work right. on other stuff. Yeah, I, I'm just devastated by how the teams like the Padres who invest. I I know that they're going to turn it around, but they have to get over the hump of the Dodgers. The Dodgers are the boogeyman for them. Yes, they are. And it's funny because it's not that for the Giants. No. The Giants have no respect for the Dodgers. And they never had. And they, and never, they never will. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I don't won't. care if they bring up all the kids from the minor leagues. Yeah. That's something can. that seems like that they teach in their organization. We are going to give the Dodgers all. Yeah, we're going to handle the Dodgers. That if we don't do nothing else. Yeah, that that's that's interesting too, because I don't uh it doesn't seem like San Diego, maybe the lifestyle's just too good down there. Now you know what? I want to go back real quick though. Back to Miguel Caprera. Oh, please. Who do you have in their prime? Would you take Miguel Cabrera or Albert Pujols? <laughs> I thought that would get you. Let's mayor out your tire. <laughs> That's a tough call. It depends. Uh, we, call. Uh, I got You know what? I'm going well, to surprise you, you on this one. Yeah, go. go. I'm going to go with Albert Pujols. I didn't, you didn't surprise me. You know why? Because Albert Pujols is world you. champion. I know. Two times over. And he got the MVP. Big time, yeah. And I hate to say this, but Miguel Cabrera got shut down in that World Series against. He the looked Giants. bad too. He, he let what? He let uh, your man shut him down. Tim Lincecum completely. No, it shut wasn't Tim Lincecum. That Matt Cain. The last, the closer, Sergio Romo. Uh, Romo was with the pus. Games. Yeah, <laughs> everybody got him. Yeah, and they were the better team. But that was his first time there. No, it wasn't. But that wasn't his first time. Wasn't? Didn't he get him? Did he get a ring with with Mar- the Marlins? Yeah, he's a champ. Come on, man! Back and he was crazy clutch in that in, in, it was. in his rookie season. I do come believe. on, man! Stick the clutch. But Albert Pujols in his prime, Brad Lidge over the tracks. Forget about it. Yeah. Main thing I like about Miggy is that there's never been any steroid speculation or no. anything like that. He's just, but not really with Albert Pujols either. Jack Clark had said something slick. And oh, Albert did Jack Pujols, Clark say yeah, something? Remember? And Albert Pujols responded with a lawsuit. He told him he was going to sue him. And Jack Clark shut up. <laughs> and, and Jack Clark recanted his statement. Because Jack Clark got that 1980s money. He does. You know, shoot, it's a different ballgame. It is. He didn't get his big, he didn't get $100 million. Didn't get it. <laughs> can't afford the legal fees. The legal fees real, boy. <laughs> Trade your account. <laughs> Pat your pockets, Jeff. But, yeah, so, so yeah, so there's never any of that. Albert Pujols, they both played multiple positions. Right. Wow. Both of them played like the same style of game as far as I think Pujols was a little bit faster. Uh, Pujols was a little faster than him. Yeah. And I always felt like Pujols was older than him. <laughs> yeah. Even when he was the same age. <laughs> he was older yeah, than but the, the thing. Miguel Cabrera came up at like 19, right? 19, right. 20, something crazy. Now, Pujols, has, his, has he got the 3,000? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. You can look it up. I don't think he has. I haven't. I didn't hear a big pomp and circumstance. Seemed like we would remember that, right? You would think. But Pujols wow. had them bad, them bad dogs for a couple of years, so God that might that might have held him down. You know, your dogs barking can't get on the field with your dogs like that. 
3,308. Wow. So he's well above. No wonder I don't remember. He did it a long time ago. 10 years ago. Come on, man. Yeah. I mean, his numbers are insane. And the only reason he's not on that list is because he's batting 297 as his career. Oh, Mickey Gotti. Mickey Gotti. And that's because he's still playing. Yeah, and he's running himself down to a certain degree. <laughs> Can't give up the game. But, man, Albert Pujols was clutch. Yeah. I, I'll never believe that Albert Pujols is younger than me. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. But but <laughs> I digress. Why not? Uh, but back to the league. Yeah, I think the Dodgers look good. They got the power rankings, the Dodgers and the Mets. And, honestly, I feel like the Mets have everything that they need, but I, I have that sneaking suspicion. You don't believe? Not yet. I just think that the rotation is going to fall apart eventually because they don't have the horses that they need. And Jake DeGrom. I, I wonder what Jake DeGrom is going to do for the rest of his career. Well, yeah, and, and everybody's acting like it's not really that big of a deal. He's going to rest and get over it. But I don't know if you can get over it. I know that they're saying it's his scapula, but all, the, all these things have a big part of how you throw the ball. And he's a pitcher. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So yeah. will he have his velo? Can he reinvent himself? And in that time, is this the time to reinvent yourself? Can the Mets afford that? No, because this is the time that the Mets are going for it. That's and, why they. That's why they signed everybody and their mama. That's why they got. SBR, they have a that's why they got well, Marte, man. That's why they got Lindor. Yeah, that's got why it. they got Scherzer. Come on, man. They got, they, got, they got a monster nice. squad. And their pitchers are actually showing up. But if they can get anything, well, they got from, the best record in baseball. Yeah, but if they can get anything from Tawan Walker, I just don't think that their schedule's been tough like that. They yeah. beat the Phillies, but the Phillies are trash right now, which is surprising. Very surprising, and yeah. I think it has a lot to do with Joe Girardi playing games with the lineup. Yeah, I, d- I don't need Kyle Schwarber to lead off. That's, that's, always, at the top of the lineup. that's always a bad idea when you have the power guys because who are they going to drive in? Exactly. That's exactly it. And as we saw with the blow-up yesterday, man, the umpires are doing their very best to usher in automatic strike zones. Yeah, from C.B. Buckner to Angel Hernandez, they're doing a horrible job. I mean, and it's not acceptable. The problem is that they're not being held accountable. Yeah, they're not being held accountable at all. I feel like that they should have it. Like I told you before, they should have a press conference for them. They should have to answer questions and Kinda everything. Like how the judges, you feel the same way like the judges in boxing. Yeah, they need to They need to answer for the calls that they made. So if Angel Hernandez can sit up there and justify why he called pitches six inches off the plate, we're talking about guys who can literally throw the ball anywhere, in, anywhere that they want. You know, Within what's the diameter of the ball? I mean, yeah. and, and they can put it there. They can put it like that. And, and we're talking about giving them six inches. You don't even want to see that in the Sunday League, let alone in the, in the show. The, the show, when you're talking about Major League Baseball, you're talking about it being at the elite level, the highest of the high, where everything is supposed to be tight. It's supposed to be tight defense, tight umpiring, yeah, tight pitching. Yeah, and I see a whole lot of easy scoring going on. Yeah, it's a lot of layups going on in baseball. I need you to make, man. You're, you're in the show. Yeah, you're in the show, man. If you drop a fly ball, and even though you're at home, that's, a, that's an error. It's not, though. Yeah, not anymore. I mean, the, the the game has really, really given in a lot to, I don't know what it is, the PC culture. I don't know. To the home cooking culture, really. I don't even think it's home cooking. I just see bad bad officiating, bad scorekeeping every, across the board. A lot of things that are acceptable, acceptable that wasn't acceptable back in the day, even like we were talking about the other day, about even getting into professional sports. Oh, it's unreal. Yeah. Now the, the criteria to get it, to sign a professional contract is so high, but at the same time, we got major leaguers that are not playing the game the right way. 
once you get signed, you can do whatever you feel like. Yeah, you can do whatever you feel like. You don't hustle. You dog it. I mean, you swing it, swinging three zero, doing bad all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah, bad counts. You're not bad working. You know, you're not. Yet. And you're taught. You know, you pay, play pepper and everything else. But now we're playing with the whole side of the field open, and nobody and can go nobody the other can way. Go the other way. I like what Otani does. If you play him like that, he drops down the bunt. I know the guys get mad. That's on you. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. That's what it's there for. You know, there's a fundamental shift, and this is where sports meets society. There's a fundamental shift in the focus of sports and in results and the methodology that you get to your results. Mm -hmm. And what you've come to find is whether we're talking about society, whether we're talking about uh, sports, that methodology matters. Right. Because when you do those things the right way, it makes a big, big difference. It makes a big difference. And then you come to find that even in football, basketball, and baseball, once it comes down to the championship, the game, the team that plays the closest to the fundamentals always wins. All the time. Always. Unless you have Liam Hendricks on your team. How about my man Liam Hendricks is struggling nowadays? Too cold. I think it's too cold for everybody. I think it's too cold for everybody, man. This is ridiculous. It wasn't too cold for Byron Buxton. Yeah, he got into the, he didn't even get into the seats. He got into the parking lot. Got into the parking lot. Okay, folks, ladies and gentlemen, the guest is here. As promised, the young phenom is in the house looking serious. And Very I like serious. that because yeah, it's fight too. week. It ain't time to play games. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, Jersey's finest, Mr. Shakur Stevenson. How you doing, champ? I feel good. I'm just, you know, ready to fight, ready to get in the ring. Yeah, I see that. This is my brother, Terry. How's it going, man? Omar, great to meet you. You got it. Man, we've been longtime supporters, I have to be honest. Right. My biggest concern about you was getting rounds because I watched your fights, all your fights (laughs) for a long time. And they end early. (laughs) They end early. It wasn't no competition for the kid. And I was concerned about getting rounds. But one thing that I like is that, man, you have the work ethic that even in those fights that you finish as you should finish, even if you carry somebody for a couple extra rounds on this and the other, what you showed against Herring uh, was that you're prepared. Right. For whatever the circumstance that comes. And I appreciate that because we see this now with a lot of guys that's supposed to be the next thing coming, and then they actually get in the deep water and they're confused. Yeah. Now, I don't have my eye on you throughout this camp, and I see, man, you got an all-star team that's been coming to spar with you. Uh, you, yeah. You got... You know, arguably pound for pound favorite Terrence Crawford that came to tighten you up. You just speak yeah. speak on the camp, please. I think this is one of the best camps of my career. I feel like um, I'm in great shape. Uh, I had, like you said, I had Terrence Crawford. Me and him did nine rounds straight. Um, Bud just pushed me, like he pushed me to a new level. Um, he tried to take me to higher levels than I'm already at, and uh, he just, you know, having Bud Crawford at the camp and Far with him, that is like a like a confidence boost, like letting you know, like, okay, you can get in there with one of the greatest fighters of our generation. And then you got to fight a Valdez, and it's like, you know, Valdez is a great fighter, but he haven't proved to be one of the greatest fighters of our generation. So um, it's, it's just, true. you know, a confidence boost, and uh, I feel good about it. You should feel good about it. I like the whole setup. Uh, you know, now, you speak recently a lot about two things about your daughter, which congratulations because you're a young man and you Uh set your life up in the right direction. And you're speaking about soul food a lot, (laughs) which is is also cool. Cause you know what that tells me? That tells me that you, you're sacrificing. 
you're disciplining yourself. And that's a that it seems like a small thing and we laugh about it, but it's actually a big thing. One of the things that makes champions and all-time great champions, I've been watching boxing my whole life, and one of the things that you see from the all-time greats is the ability to sacrifice even after success. Yeah, the discipline of it all. It's that's hard it. to stay champion. It's, that, easy, you know. it's a lot harder to stay champ than it is to become champ from what I've been told. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. one thing that we talk about on the podcast, this is the Ozone Podcast. We've had all sorts of champs on, man, and the thing is, this is an unfair and a partial podcast. We call it like we see it. And one thing we were just giving you your flowers for in advance is you're an un-PC individual. There is no doubt a bunch of rumors that have been swelling around everybody in Reynoso's camp about juice and so on and so forth. And I saw the clip the other day where you jammed Oscar up straight up and was like, hey, man, make sure you're not cheating. Now, what's the testing protocol for this fight coming up on Saturday on ESPN Plus? Uh, I think Vada, you know, Vada been to my my place about five times this camp. This is the most I've seen Vada in any camp that I ever been in. So um, I'm hoping that they've done the same for Valdez. I know for a fact that uh, that's something that they should have been doing. That's something that we try to enforce as much as possible. But at the end of the day, you know, um, cheating is cheating. But I'm still, you know, destiny uh, is one thing. I feel like God got me and I feel like. My destiny is to be one of the best fighters on the planet, and um, you can't control destiny. So I'm not like thinking about uh, if he cheated or anything like that. I'm thinking about you know doing what I'm coming to do, and I'm coming in here to be uh, the best Shakur Stevenson. I'm coming in to be the best version of me. So at the end of the day, um, I'm not really thinking about that. And far as like the sacrifices, I feel like I made so many sacrifices this camp. Um, my daughter is a newborn. She's four months years old. Wow. I left her for eight Jack, weeks. Like I ain't see, I ain't see my daughter in eight weeks. So, like, I'm hungry. Like, I'm. Well, you got you got to put it on them for that, boy. <laughs> you got to put it on them. <laughs> it's, a, it's a different type of hunger right now. Like, I'm. I don't even want to see my daughter until after the fight. Like, I'm so hungry right now. Like, I just want to fully finish my sacrifice. I'm going to see my girl, my daughter after the fight. I don't want to see nobody until then. I'm. Focus. Old school. I like that. Right. And now, given the circumstance that you have with the fight coming up, do you anticipate being as active as you have been for the last few years? Because one of the, another thing that I like about your work is that you're consistently in the ring. I think a lot of fighters now don't benefit from the fact that in their prime, which you are, you're 23, 24 now? Yeah, 24. So you're a young man in your physical prime coming into your prime. Guys don't fight enough, and it seems as though you've taken the approach and your management team has taken the approach to fight as often as possible. Is Will that be the continued plan once this is – once yeah. you're undisputed? And you're I, wait, wait a minute. And also, is that based on how fast you go through the opponents? Because if you don't – you know, if the fights don't last that long, you're not getting the rounds that you need in the first place. Nah, not at all. It don't matter how – if the fight goes 12 rounds, if it goes – however it goes, um, at the end of the day – I love boxing. Like, I'm I'm in this sport because I love it. Like, I'm not doing it just because of the money. I'm not one of the fighters who fighting, oh, because I need money or however. Like, I done made plenty of money already at the end of the day. But Thank um, God. I love I love the sport. I love the box. I love the fight. I love to get in the ring and test my skills against the best available opponent out there. So, um, I'm fighting. I'm, I'm active because I – I, I love this. Like, I, I'm making sure I'm hitting my managers up and making sure, like, yo, we fighting. When? When's the next fight? After my last fight, I asked him, like, yo, when we fighting again? Oh, okay. 
we fight in April. Okay, after this fight, I'm probably going to hit my manager up, like, yo, when, when the next fight? What's, what's happening next? Because that's who I am. I love boxing. Like, even when I'm not in the – got a training camp for a fight, I'm in camp. Like, I'm in training. Like, I'm already drinking water. I'm already in the gym every other day. Like, I'm always – like, I love boxing. So, like, this is a sport that I love. I'm I'm going to continue to be active. Like, I got to be active on – Maybe once I get older, I might slow down. But as of right now, I'm I'm going to enjoy every bit of um these moments. Who put who's pushing you the hardest right now so far in the ring? In the ring, mm-hmm. um, as far as like fighting or sparring, both. Sparring, uh, it's a kid that y'all got to look out for. He on my undercard, co-main event. I kind of grew up with him. Um, well, I ain't no kinda. I grew up with him. Like he's like a little brother to me, but. Watch the co-main event. His his name Keyshawn Davis. Oh, um, okay. I'm like, familiar with I, I'm familiar with Davis. Okay. He yeah, can do that work in camp. Like, he got some smoke, huh? Not yeah, not this camp, but you you gotta understand we grew up together. So I've been sparring him since I was like, I want to say 14, 15 years old, and um ever since I was sparring him when he was a little boy, like it's been getting better and better and better. So he like uh one of the people. I could say to this day, like that gave me some of my hardest sparring on um, Terrence Crawford for sure. But like them two fighters, I say for sure, like they gave me some of like the work that make me think. Like yes. And now in the ring, I want to go back to this Herring fight. I know we're looking forward to this Saturday. The fight is on ESPN Plus. Shakur Stevenson versus Oscar Valdez, uh, coming at you live from Las Vegas. And now my question is this, man: You walked through Herring like he wasn't. A, a champ right and it was really impressive because herring is a tough dude he's a marine he was a champ he wanted his belt and you made it look bad at the end is the goal of dominance to win however or is the goal dominance is the goal to, to nah, make people goal, recognize the, the goal is to dominate every fight i don't care who i'm fighting um i'm a dominant individual i've been boxing my whole life so i know how to dominate these fights so um, I gotta stay dominant. Like that's my game plan every fight. If I can't, if it gotta be competitive, I'm still gonna try to find a way to win these fights. But um, I try to dominate these fights. I'm not going in there with Valdez thinking like, okay, I want a competitive fight. No, I'm going in there to dominate. I, I want to win every round. I want to control the fight. I don't want to. I want. I don't want no fight where it's uh, up to the judges, judges and it might. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Are yes. you waiting yeah. to fight for the like fight to come fight. to you and all that stuff? I hate them fights. I don't, I don't <laughs> know. I, like, <laughs> yeah, I hate them too. Like, wait, 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 wait. for the fight to go. guy with skill who's talking about, yeah, I'm just feeling him yeah, out. <laughs> what was the camp for? Do you feeling him out? Right. Yeah. Right. All right. Now, you got something? Oh, yeah. I wanted to ask him, on the pound for pound list, where do you put yourself? I think after this fight, um, I should be on the pound for pound list now. I don't know. I let the fans choose where they want to put me at. Mm-hmm. But out of 10 fighters on the powerful pound list, after fighting Jamel Heron, then going to fight Valdez right Straight after, back to back. Back to back, yeah. I feel like I deserve to be on the powerful pound list. Um, it's up to the fans wherever they put me. I'm, I'm, I'm not – I don't care. As long as they know that I'm powerful pound. And, uh, <laughs> we fight for the, the lineal title. Like, yeah. The lineal title haven't been fought for since like 2008 or something like that. So okay. uh, I, I deserve it, man. Oh, yeah. And people know. People were very excited. Our fans were very excited when we told them that you were coming on. You know, I think that this is going to be the coming out party for the casuals to get to understand who you are 
as opposed to hardcore right. boxing fans, you know. Right. And since you are the headliner, it puts you in a tough spot where you're constantly the headliner. It's almost like you needed to be on an undercard of another fight for casuals that are casuals are fans of. You know what I mean? You're yeah. fighting at a, at yeah. a, even though all the smoke and all the action is right around your weight class right now, that lightweight, the, the, the super featherweight, all that, the 135s, the 130s, a lot of cats with a lot that say a lot. I talk boxing all the time when people, remember when I first started talking about it, people thought I was full of crap because I'm an actor. And then when I started bringing up the cats who were really real, it became very interesting to me because everybody, mm-hmm. when they're talking about 35, cats bring your name up. Right. Which is wild because you're fighting at 26. You know, and and it's a, it's a I think that's a, a respect factor because you go out and you dominate fights. Now I want to shift gears real quick. We're not going to take up your whole day, but I want to shift gears. Did you stay with the Nets when they left Jersey and went to Brooklyn? No, I never really was a Nets fan. No, you weren't a Nets fan, so you ain't mad that the Nets got swept. <laughs> Who's your nah, team? I, I, I don't really care. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> I, I like, I like, I like KD and Kyrie, so I feel for them because uh, Kyrie, you know, he grew up in Jersey, and KD show a lot of love to me. He be DMing me sometimes. So yeah, okay. I like them dudes. I like them dudes, but you know. At the end of the day, yeah, they, they just really no Brooklyn fan. Yeah, okay. Not but but who? Kawhi Leonard fan. Oh, okay. Yeah, L.A. Yeah, LA, LA, the la la. Nah, I don't got no team though. No. Oh, okay, just I got you. I was like that with Shaq. Uh-huh. I loved the Diesel. Wherever the Diesel went, I was with him all the way. Yeah, yeah. I'm like that with LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. It's undeniable. It's undeniable at this point. Well, listen, man. You got yeah. anything else? Nah. No. Listen, you're always welcome on the Ozone. We're going to do our very best to promote the fight and to promote you. One of the reasons I started following you, obviously, was because of fighting. But when I start following you on Twitter and the stuff that you have to say, you're a young man of substance. And I'm, I'm going to pray for you that you continue that road because you're starting your family. You have your daughter. Right. You have a, a good head on your shoulders to understand that the success that comes from boxing is about your destiny to do greater things. You have an influence on people, and you're going to have even more influence as your star shines brighter and brighter. Understand that, young man. You're welcome on the Ozone at any time. We're rooting for you, and we're in your corner. Let's do this. Thank you. I appreciate you. Straight up. We appreciate you, right, too, man. Saturday night. Uh-huh. It's a solid kid, right? I like to see these youngsters coming up with these positive attitudes. Oh, man. And, um, you know, it's just enough can't be said about that. No, because he's, he's got he's to gauge on something – that's bigger, you know, than he's got to gauge on something that's bigger than then how many followers he has on his Instagram. hundred percent, hundred percent. And you know, it's interesting because normally on the ozone, we mix it up a lot and we joke and laugh. You can see the kid is strictly business. He's serious, boy. I like that. I like serious. this mad, boy. He's mad. He, he give me a lot of trouble. He, he give me a lot of haggling and he's mad. Like uh young Charlo, <laughs> <laughs> like your boy, belly down. Well, hopefully we'll be in the ozone soon. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. And then just sticking with boxing, what happened with your man Delian White this weekend? Jeff? You know what? When I you know, went over his body of work <laughs> from, this, from this fight specifically, it was just he got out of his cell. Titan Fury made him lose it. They lost it after the headbutt or whatever, and there was a lack of discipline out there. It was like he got his chance and he just couldn't control himself. He met the babe of his life and he just lost they it. Just lost <laughs> they it. just he lost it. He didn't know it. how to talk to her. Uh, he didn't know how to talk to her. They went out to eat. He, he was you know, out of control. out of control. Like, calm down, man. Relax. She's here. She's here. You got your, you have your opportunity. I know he's complaining about the push. The push was dirty. But 
he would still be asleep regardless. I don't, I don't know what it is about him that whoever's training him has not worked on putting a patch. <laughs> on, uh, yeah, they need to put out a patch in his game. In his game, because he literally is susceptible to the uppercut. Every loss, losses. all to the uppercut. I had uppercut. literally just spoke to you about... You sure did. I don't even know if it happened two minutes later. <laughs> I was like, this dude is susceptible to the uppercut. And whoop, and it was like a... What? It's crazy because everybody's going nuts about the uppercut. Yeah. It was a nice uppercut. It was a nice uppercut. But, but it wasn't even a flush uppercut. No, it was like a grazing uppercut. Yeah, it's, it's, like just it, like, it's just like his brain is said now, if I get uppercut, I'm gone. Wow, <laughs> I, I don't care what happens. <laughs> you better watch out. The kids and are giving to him. too because, because Deleon White, I like his attitude. I do too. To the fight. I, I, I love his attitude. I actually, I actually like felt like he, he had jammed to... up Mauricio yes. about the... Yeah, I do know, too. I, you can find that clip on the Ozone uh-huh. Instagram page. He jammed him up about not getting his opportunities. But then they can always say that you didn't they deserve it. They can always it. justify it because then you come out here, you look terrible the whole fight. You look terrible. I mean, did he win a round? I didn't have him winning a round. Because it's, got it was... knocked out in the six. I didn't have him winning a round. Maybe now you one... got Tyson Fury claiming that he's the greatest heavyweight of all time. But I told, I told you that time. he was saying that earlier. And so and, was a lot of his fans. And then everybody's lost in the sauce. You think that Tyson Fury could beat George Foreman? Are you kidding me? A prime George Foreman? There's a lot I'm not of even, guys. I'm not even going to Ali. I'm just talking about a prime George Foreman. I don't think he beats Lennox Lewis. I don't know. think he beats him at Holyville. I don't. He doesn't beat the deal. Doesn't beat the deal. I, I don't think that the, the the. And I like Tyson Fury, but I'm just yeah, saying like that we're going to put him in perspective. We're going to put him on the Mount Rushmore. I'm not going to put him on the Mount Rushmore of boxing. I'm not even putting him top ten. No, no uh, question. I don't even. I can probably go off of top twenty. He's not even in the top twenty. I give him top twenty, but I'm not wow. top ten. Deep into the twenties, you got okay. deep, deep, deep <laughs> into the almost into the thirties. <laughs> almost into the twenties. That's what I'm saying when I think about it. But but the issue being is that now he's doing the right thing from a marketing perspective, and he gets to write off into the sunset. Right. He gets to go and act as though you he's know, saying that. But I'm telling you, if Anthony Joshua beats Usyk, like I believe that he will this next time, all that money, yeah, John Fury said, it. yeah, all that guacamole that they're gonna put out there on the table. You gotta get that. Can I get some more chips? <laughs> can I, I get some chips with that? I gotta need that guac. <laughs> you gotta have it. He might. You crazy. He might. He's talking about ninety three thousand was at that fight. They were at that fight. That's How many? A lot of I mean, come on, man. Him and Anthony Joshua are gonna have people on top of each other. They sure would. They sure would. Now another fight that's happening this weekend, and nobody uh, that I won't say nobody's talking about because it's a big deal. I have to ask the question, is Jake Paul actually good for boxing now? Because Jake Paul is, has been has made a huge, huge deal about getting women paid. And he signed Amanda Serrano, who I think is an eight-weight champion, uh-huh. who's arguably, you know, at the One top of the, the pound-for-pound list for women. All time. And was there, uh, is fighting, the biggest fight in female boxing is her against Katie Taylor. And this happened this Saturday at Madison Square Garden. Well, if you're saying that he's good for boxing, it would be on the business side where he actually can get these females paid. But as far as guarantee seven figure payday, never yeah, happened for the females. That's great. Serrano business was wise. fighting for twenty and thirty thousand dollars before. Yeah, but business wise, that's great. But him in the ring, if you're just going to fight a bunch of punch and Judy's, then it's not worth it. I'm, I'm not interested. Well, non-boxers. Yeah, I'm not interested in watching him fight basketball players and you know people who expired past their prime in the game or whatever. If you're going to take boxing serious, fight, you know, fighters. Yeah. I would like to see him fight Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury didn't look all that great to me. <laughs> That's what Jake Ball said. Yeah. I mean, and obviously he should jump on that bandwagon and, and take the fight. Maybe he was playing. <laughs> Maybe Tommy Fury was playing. Yeah. Get you in the ring like, yeah, now, man. Uh, <laughs> fix me in. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. 
never know. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, that's actually, I feel like that's a pick em fight. Katie Taylor has a crazy motor, but she likes to get hit a lot. Yeah, and Serrano is not the one that you need to keep getting hit she, by. She is not. And she's got a great motor, too. And she has, she's fundamentally sound. She's, she's sharp. She looks good every single fight. She's sharp. Yeah. She's really, really sharp. You can't front on her for that. Sharp James. Yeah. And so, uh, and she doing the Booker Man. <laughs> so, yeah, this is going to be an interesting fight this weekend because Katie Taylor comes to play, but so does Amanda Serrano. Huh. Boxing. You never know. And you're only, you're only what, 10 days out, 12 days out from the Canelo B-ball fight. Wow, that's coming quick. It's coming quick. What do you have? It's early. It's early. I need to see some footage. I need them to sway me. Sway me down. I saw I liked what B-ball was doing in his camp. B-ball do, giving you the B-ball. And B-ball seems like he's going to just put the big man on Canelo, which should defeat Canelo. I just want to see sure, somebody problem, fight back. But the problem is, is that. He's already down three rounds, so you know he's down three if, rounds. If that's, thinking, that's on top. If you're thinking that that's before you even started a decision, decision that's the wrong approach, and mm-hmm. that's partially, in my opinion, why they picked him was because they know that he's not a knockout artist like yeah, they, the other monster in that. Division. <laughs> the other one that's hiding out there. That's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it better be of Archer's right there. here. He's all over the place in that division. He's old. You guys pick, pick him, and that's probably what they're, they're hoping for. Get Bivol. Try to get Gennady. And then uh, try to go get better B of a, a year or two removed. I just have a feeling that better B of is the kind of guy that doesn't matter how old he is, he'll do whatever it takes to win. Well, and not only that, with better B of, what he does do, he doesn't get a lot around. So he's not taking that punishment, just like my theory that we spoke on in the past. The guys who are older shouldn't be fighting all the time. Right. I mean, and, and his power translates. So this weekend, who you got? What, with Shakur? And, and the Taylor Serrano fight. Oh, I got Serrano and Shakur. You're keeping yours a very, <laughs> you keeping yours a very very ethnic. I like it. Uh, what? Why I can't? There you go. Yeah, I'm with Shakur all day, all night. Uh, I'm up in the air on this this uh, Taylor Serrano fight, but why? I actually like Serrano because I felt like Delphine got cheated against Taylor in that in that fight. Well, t- Taylor's sloppy sometimes. She is. She I, tries I, to make up with heart, and right? The sharpness usually beats and that heart. Exactly. But with Serrano, she'll be putting a pounding on her. And you can't make it up with heart because she has heart but too. But you don't see Katie, you don't see Serrano get hit much, and and Katie there's a Taylor, reason why. But Katie Taylor will hit her. She's gonna find her. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I don't like the sloppy word. No, not a fan. But but she wins. Yeah, but that's not. Look at the quality of opponent. We're talking been high. It's been, the, she, she fights. I know. I know. I'm talking Katie about Taylor's real deal. I'm talking about Serrano though. With Serrano, she hasn't fought anybody like this. Has she fought anybody like this to you, Katie Taylor? Yeah. I mean, when she fought. The, the the French lady Delphine. That's that, that Delphine. But I mean, but Delphine is not like Serrano. <laughs> Come on, chap. <laughs> Tell the truth and shame the devil. Chow, uh, why? <laughs> it has to be this way. Why? You see, Omar. It has to be this way. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. Let me see. I didn't want to look up Katie Taylor's resume so I can look at her resume and see who else she got on there. Because one of the things that she does is that she actually makes people look worse than it could be, but while oftentimes making herself look worse. <laughs> 195 and 12. That's, that's a lot, lot of work. That's a lot of work, man. Pursuit. That was a good fight against Pursuit. She she lost that fight against Pursuit. That, that, this is what I'm saying. That, there's not Sor- that first one. The there's not a, one. Yeah, but there's not a bunch of Serrano fights that you're going to go back and look at and say, well, you know what? No, no, but it is what it is. She got enough rounds, though. Jeez Louise. <laughs> I'm looking. For, I hope they don't. I hope they stagger it so you can watch them both. Right. That fight's on the zone. Um, but let's move back to basketball. Like I told you, 
Man, the Nets wasn't talking about nothing. I knew the Nets weren't talking about anything, dude. I just wanted to see if you guys were sucker enough to fall for it. Well, let's let me let me hear your take. Let's hear what Kyrie had to say. Well, yeah, I think it was just really heavy emotionally this season. Um, we all felt it. Um, I I felt like I was letting the team down uh, at a, at a point where I wasn't able to play. Um, you know, we were trying to exercise every option for me to play, but I, I never wanted to just be about me. And I think it, it became a distraction at times. But now we just we just turn the page and uh, look forward to what we're building as a franchise and, and really get tougher. You know, because this is this is a league that's getting younger. It's getting more athletic. It's getting taller, you know, and, and this is getting more competitive. And these young guys are hungry out here and you see it. I could feel it. So that's why I said some added motivation. You know, when um, you get swept like this, uh, didn't necessarily play as well as I, I would have liked. Um, but now we just look uh, for the future as a team and what we can accomplish for the next few years. And I get excited about that. So now give me your take. You've been talking to me about it all all week while they were getting shut down. You have a serious bone to pick with the man. And he, he said, you know, I felt like I was letting the team down. But he was. But all those are sound bites. Now he's trying to clean up the, the, the mess on aisle five. You know what I'm saying? He basically hurt the team. Like He felt like he hurt the team. You hurt the team, dude. And then you were talking about gelling. You can't gel if you're not playing with the guys. Okay. I mean, so how is it? Take responsibility. Don't say that you felt like that. Say that I, you know, even if you want to call it a mistake, a personal decision about the vaccination or whatever. But don't have me come and play with you, and then you don't play. You know, you, he, he's gotten Durant over there, and I don't know if he's the one that got um, Harden over there. But he hasn't come through with what he was supposed to come through with his end of the bargain. So he can't play half of the games because he's not going to get vaxxed. But everybody else on that team got, has gotten vaxxed. I believe that if Kyrie Irving was not a multimillionaire and mega paid and he was trying to get into the league like out of college or whatever, he would take 10 billion vaccinations if they told him to. It wouldn't even be in question. He wouldn't care what they were giving. He doesn't know what's in the vaccination, whatever. Not to say that that's not his personal decision. He can't make it. But let's not use that as a, you know. Well, but on the flip side of that. Flip it over. Once you get. Once you get a. Once you get to that position, aren't you supposed to use a better, your, your better judgment? Once you are in the league. And you say, but is that better judgment? I'm. That's not. That's not the question I'm asking. You're you just said if he if he was trying to get into the league, he would take 10 billion vaccinations. Well, he's in the league. So now, being in the league, is it a situation where okay, now I got the juice and I am concerned about the vax, so I'm not going to take the vax. What was his concerns about the vax? I don't know. I'm not him. But what I'm saying, well, is I'm, I'm asking take, uh, because I, I I I feel like everybody should do what they feel is right uh, for, the for them. Of course, no, yeah. I'm not. I don't think anybody should have to, get, you know. And and that's you know, up but, to you. But there are rules if you don't. But yes, do it. and the, and if you're not following the rules, you have to pay the price. And in this situation, the team pays the price because he's breaking away from. You can't tell me your teammate, but you're not willing to do what all the other teammates are willing to do. Now, to me, the flip of that is but even if he. <laughs> Even if he didn't, I don't think that the Nets win even if he plays all year. That's my point, is that I don't think – I think they weren't deep enough and they don't run the game enough through the big man. 
And this is the problem because but yeah, they, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving are the stars without question. What you saw was they were most effective when Drummond was actually involved. And actually, Blake Griffin gave him some good minutes. Uh, but Blake that, Griffin is not actually a center. And then no, what I, and then I'm what just I, saying, but size-wise, yeah, just but, like he was just saying, the league is getting taller. And we can't take and away faster. from what the Celtics did. Yeah. Well, I'm not trying to take away from what the Celtics did. Jason Tatum and even more than Jason But guess what? Brown showed out. If the dude had played, they probably wouldn't have faced Boston in the first round, which would That's mean a good point. that Boston might have played another team, got a little bit more worn down, yeah. or, or the other team maybe had beat them, and then they wouldn't be in that situation because right. it's all about matchups. You guys got a bad matchup because right. Kyrie decided that he wasn't going to get vaccinated. I don't want to hear about him being a teammate, and then he's not willing to do what the team needs him to do. And this is just a part of the stick. This is taking on the responsibility as being the face of the franchise. Him and KD are the face of the franchise. So if LeBron said that I'm not going to get the vaccination and then watch the Lakers get decimated every night, which they did anyway. <laughs> so what you're saying is he shouldn't have got vaccinated. He probably shouldn't have. If that, maybe that's what hurt him. <laughs> Who no, knows? Don't, please don't pass yeah. on any misinformation. Yeah, I don't want to say that because I know everybody like everybody, oh, everybody be on the bandwagon. You're going to have to cut that. Jeez Louise. <laughs> don't, you can't play like that now. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. To me, what I'm getting from watching the, the playoffs is I don't see anybody beating the Golden State Warriors. I don't see anybody beating the Warriors. In, in all of basketball. And, no. And and if the, if it is, it's the Milwaukee Bucks. I really like what the Celtics team is doing, though, and they got your man Williams back like you were you were talking about. Yeah, Robert Williams is the real deal. Yeah. I feel like they're the team that can actually beat the Warriors because of a Robert Williams and an yeah, Al. Celtics. Uh-huh. And I, mean, a, I think and, the Celtics actually can beat anybody. And a Al Horford, but then they have a two-headed monster, too. And Marcus Smart is a low-key superstar. He you know, sure is, and that's you know, why he's the defensive player of the year. Yeah, because he's their Draymond Green. Yes, and Robert Wood, and they and good one. They can't match up size wise with the Pistons. The Pistons give you a problem with Robert Williams is playing, and they have another kid over there that's uh, Grant that comes off the bench as well. That's a nice size that backs up um, Robert Williams. Robert Williams still getting his legs back in shape right now because he hasn't played because of injury. But him and Al Horford, and you talking about Jason Tatum? I mean, come on, man. And we're not even talking bringing in Jalen. They and they bring off. I mean, Jalen Brown, forget about it. And they bring off starters off the bench. The squad is nice. The squad is, and again, they got set up with Brad Stevenson as a as a good foundational organization as far as those guys are well buying in. Well coached. Both teams. So I I think it's a 50-50. Now, what do you think about this? What do you think about this beef between Charles Barkley and Kevin Durant? Because they seem like it's a legit, they really don't seem like they like each other. Well, they because, keep it professional, but they don't like each other. Well, the thing of it is with Charles Barkley to me is that he's calling Kevin Durant out for where he sees the deficiencies. And, and everybody feels like that with Durant low-key, is that he went over to the Warriors and got him too easy. Got him, got him, too, got too, him too, easy, too cheapies. And they didn't really need you to win those. They did not. <laughs> so you, you, didn't, you didn't win it. Not like a LeBron who actually, when he goes and, and jumps to another team, where you see him earn it. This dude, they have like four dominant players, and then you bring in Kevin Durant. Come on, man. I mean, so I have to lean towards Barkley on this one because those really? those chips aren't tainted because you, actually when you win, you win. Well, and he was MVP. Yeah. But did that team actually need him to win those rings? I, clearly they didn't because they'd already won. Yeah. So this is this is a great argument for Charles Barkley. I, I just feel like – and KD obviously is going to be upset if you bring that up against him. Well, the downside, you don't want to, you don't you want to call that out. And well, then the, and the downside is is for Chuck is is that Chuck never got that chip. So they always everybody always lean back on that. Let's yeah, what Chuck had to say. You're, you're, when you're a star, your 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 minutes should go up, 
your points should go up because, number one, you, you're going to play more minutes during the playoffs, or you should. But the main thing is you should never be tired. You, you're not playing back-to-back games. You're not getting on a plane at, at midnight, to one in the morning and flying in trying to play. You get a good night's sleep every night. So your, your number should always go up during the playoffs. But you're, all, you're also playing a very good Miami defense. Yeah, but th- th- listen, man, I don't even want to hear. I'm so sick of you guys making excuses for these dudes. Listen, We're taking excuses. No, no, I'm, don't tell me. Well, then don't tell me you're a great player if they can slow you down. They, mm. they <laughs> Thank you, Chuck. Tell them. I'm going to chuck on Come on, man. They don't can't tell hold. me you're a great player. <laughs> Either one of them. I mean, all these guys can play. But please don't tell me you're a great, great player and you're averaging 20. Come on now. you I don't think I ever played in the playoffs in that. Oh, here we go. Is Kevin Durant a great, great player? He is. And he's been stifled by Boston. And I was going to go there. And, and let me tell you something. I don't want to badmouth the dude, but I'm I, – I, see, you guys always talk about that championship stuff. I try to tell y'all, all these bus riders, they don't mean nothing to me. If you ain't driving the bus, don't walk around and talk about you a champion. If you riding the bus, I don't want to hear it. Come on, Shaq, tell them. All these guys walk around with these championship rings. Hey, y'all bus riders. But let me tell you something. When you (laughs) you the bus driver and you got all that pressure where you have to play well, are you going to get the blame? That's a different animal. It's a different animal. But I I think also guys guys are on the bus. Yeah. They're also giving directions. Yeah, giving directions. No, no. There there are guys that are on that bus giving directions. They're not just just sitting there. Yeah, they just on the bus. Because because let me tell you something. The the Clippers, because let me tell you something. Okay, Kevin Durant's not on the bus. He's just not on the bus. No. But he, never what, what has happened when he was driving the bus? Well, he's never just. Uh-oh. No, well, what yeah, was happening when he was driving the bus? He lost in the finals. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, he did. And okay. then when he was in Oklahoma City again. But he but, was driving. You don't think yeah. he was the bus driver in, in Golden State? No, I do not. You don't think he was the best player on that team? Uh, no, I do not. Wow, I do. Well, you can say that, but he. he I thought he was the best player. You don't join no 73 win team and talk about you. But he was the best player. No, he, he got <laughs> He got yeah, a lot of valid points. He does. It's and Shaq was right with him. Especially because Charles always drove the bus. And, and he didn't get and it he done. And he understood but, getting the criticism yeah. for being the man. So that was now it. everybody's riding him because he never won a ring. But you have to look at the error that he played in. Forget it about wasn't it. Like, and he did not win because of something he did. No. You didn't lose championship. You go look at his numbers. Man. Charles Barkley's numbers Charles Barkley was insane. unstoppable. Was, just like he said. every game. Yeah. And he's a super 35. You're not shutting him down. No. Dennis Rodman talks slick. And they all, the Detroit Pistons, and everybody's talking, and even the Bulls talk slick about stopping him. He said, who's Dennis Rodman? He can't stop me. And he didn't stop him. And he went out there and dominated. And Dennis Rodman was the most dominant, one of the most defensive dominant players defensive players in history. Time. And he couldn't stop Charles Barkley. I mean, no. nobody can. And Charles has got a lot of valid points. I mean, a lot of the big-time big players, it's very hard to see you get shut down in big games. <laughs> it's very hard, and we just watched it with KD a few times. He just had a he just had a big game last night, but other than that, I mean, they pulled out the sweep. <laughs> they pulled out the sweep. Pulled out them brooms. They ain't knocking broomsticks. Yeah, they out there. Yeah. So who do you see winning it all, John? Who's winning it all? <laughs> you know what? I haven't really watched Miami, but Miami is definitely dangerous. I love Jimmy Butler because Jimmy Butler is an old school. He's a dog, boy. He's a dog. I just don't think they have enough. I think they, if Victor Oladipo shows up for him, they're going to have enough. And he's, he's, he's there right there, and they're doing their thing. But I haven't watched them enough yet to see if they're going to be able to get over the hump. They have a lot of role players. They have the elite player in Jimmy Butler, 
And if he can just get any other kind of help, they'll give anybody a problem matchup-wise. But we always act like Giannis and him didn't win last year. That's I agree with that. They played the game the right way. If Chris Middleton can come back and give them something, or if they can fill that hole, then I would still have to go with Milwaukee overall because they play downhill. Over Golden State. Yeah. I mean, well, Golden State, they have a great coach. They have a great system. They'll try to figure out how to stop him. But if you ha- if he has the right complement of players, they multiple can get Multiple clutch players. Yes. Yes. And it's all up to date. they got size. And then now they got young and they got athleticism. What size do they have? Eh. They don't have size. They have a bunch of young gunners. They have Looney. They got, uh, Looney I was does about not- to say, they get Looney with Looney out there with yeah. the, the homie Kevon. But they, I don't know... Uh, that's for what the game is played now. They got enough size. I don't think they have. You need a, somebody like a Shaq to stop somebody like Giannis. You don't. But see, Giannis isn't the person that you stop. Well, you can't. You want to then stop. This, this is why you don't stop Giannis. Yeah, you want to stop somebody. This is where you stop Drew Holiday and Middleton and, yeah, and, and see, Portis but and see, these guys. But Giannis plays the game old school in the sense that he fouls out or gets a lot of the guys in foul trouble trying to stop him, which means that they can't be on the court, which is very, very crucial. It is. But in this situation, they have depth as well. Yeah. They have jo- they, Jordan Poole stepping up for him. Big, big time. But, but but all of the guys are but, on one wavelength is my thing. And Clay Thompson is getting better still. But once again, if Phoenix could get Devin Booker back. Yeah. But that's this is why we're talking about it in the, in the light of where we are now. Yes. But if Devin Booker, if they can get past – New Orleans right now, meaning the Phoenix Suns, and get Devin Booker back, which is hard to come back from a hamstring. That changes everything because they've been the the best team in basketball the whole year. Wire to wire. And everybody seems to forget that as well. We always think of them as a flash in the pan pan because of the way that they play the game, but they're actually – And Booker's as good as anybody in the game. As anybody. Yeah. Tough. Okay, folks, spirited edition of the Ozone. Guests, our opinions, little comedy, you know, stadium in the back where the Super Bowl took place and was won by the home team. Going to leave you with a quote here, and it is that, remember this one, folks, failure is not the opposite of success. Failure is, in fact, a part of success. Keep failing upwards, guys. I'm your host, Omar Miller, and this is the Ozone. Ozone. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the lights.